What's up? Welcome back to the On The Ball Podcast. Now, to start things off today, I'm going to be talking about Game 1 and Game 2 of the NBA Finals. Game 2 just happened last night. Um, in the Warriors, Raptors, they're tied up uh, one game apiece, so it's 1-1. Um, series is going back to the Bay, to the Bay Area um, in Game 3. That'll be, I don't even know when Game 3 is. Probably Wednesday. Um... Maybe Thursday, no later than that, I would assume. But, you know, start things off, let's talk about Game 1. Game 1 was very interesting. The Raptors won um, pretty, not handily. Um, I mean, it, it was, the, the game was, I mean, I guess the ending was in doubt in the final minute. Uh, but the Raptors ended up winning by double digits. I think they ended, ended up winning by 10 points. Um, and the man, Siakam, was so good in that game. Pascal Siakam for the Raptors. He was fantastic. Um, Kawhi Leonard wasn't that good in Game One. Um, like he really, really wasn't. He just, he just really didn't have a good game. Um, wasn't hitting his shots. He shot five of fourteen, um, so he was inefficient. Couldn't get his shots to go down. And Siakam, he had himself a night. Uh, he had thirty points on fourteen of seventeen shooting. That is insane. Like that, that that's a crazy. A crazy percentage to shoot, um, but he was fantastic, hitting crazy shots, hitting. Um, he he was really aggressive driving to the basket, and he had a he hit a, a couple of just really tough shots. Um, he came to play. He wanted that victory, and then Fred VanVleet, he was good in game one. He hit some big threes. He's been playing some really good defense um, early on in this series. He's been playing some really good defense on Steph Curry. Uh, really annoying him, um, trying to get into his head. He's done some nice things. Um, and then, like I said, Kawhi wasn't good. Uh, Marcus saw he hit some nice shots in game one. Really, everyone except Kawhi Leonard was good in game one. Danny Green wasn't that great. He hit a few three. He, he, he hadn't been great in this series. He's been average. He's hit a couple threes, uh, but he hasn't done anything special. And Serge Ibaka, um, it's meh. He got out. He he's been up and down this series. Um, he hasn't been that great so far. Um, I expect better things from him going forth in this series. But yeah, in game one, Siakam carried the Raptors. He was fantastic. They played great defense on Steph Curry. Um, I mean, obviously he went off for thirty-four points, uh, but they didn't allow him to shoot threes. Or to just bombard them with deep three-pointers. They let him take floaters, layups. Uh, but yeah, they were not going to let him beat them by shooting a ton of threes. Um, so I like what they did defensively in game one. Um, and they just hit a lot. Hit their shots, really. They shot 50% from the field in game one. Uh, which is really, really in- insane. That's rare. Um, and it's also extremely tough to beat a team when they're shooting 50%. Usually teams shoot like around like 40-45% from the field, I'd say. That'd be a good number for a team. Uh, but 50% for, for a team is just, that's just crazy. Um, and the Warriors, they shot around 42%, I believe. Uh, but like, that's an 8% difference in field goal, percent, in field goal shooting. Um, so yeah, they, they had no chance in game one with the way the Raptors were shooting. And the Raptors were shooting, or they were hitting some pretty 
insane shots. They had some really lucky shots go down, um, and that really hurt the Warriors. DeMarcus Cousins in Game 1 was terrible. He was awful in Game 1. Uh, unplayable, it seemed, in Game 1. After Game 1, I, I don't know if I would have played him in Game 2. That's how bad he looked in Game 1. Um, obviously, he's coming off of an injury, so it's not like, he's not trash. He's just coming off his... Um, it's like a right quad sprain or strain. I forgot what his injury specifically was. But he's coming off an injury. So I, I understand why he was not good. And he, he like hadn't played in a few weeks, maybe a month. Um, so he, he had that excuse. Or not an excuse, but th that was the reason why he was just not to his normal self. Um, and he was like, it, whenever he ran, it looked like he was moving through molasses. Like, he's got the lateral quickness of, like, a sloth now. Like, he is so slow. Um, and that hurts him on defensive rotations. It, yeah, he was not good defensively in game one. Um, not good offensively. Couldn't really hit his outside shots. I mean, like I said, he's moving really slowly, so it's hard for him to have an impact down low in the paint. Um, Kevin Looney was good in game one, uh, but, like, like, DeMarcus Cousins, his struggles, it's just crazy, like, it was really, they, they need him to be good if Durant isn't gonna play the rest of the series, he has to have an impact, he, whether he's playing off the bench or he's starting, he has to provide some valuable minutes for the Warriors, give him some good minutes while Steph Curry's on the bench, um, but yeah, he was, he was really bad in game one. Uh, I don't understand why the Warriors didn't start Kevin Looney in Game 1. They started Jordan Bell, which didn't make sense to me. Uh, I, get, I mean, I understand that Jordan Bell um, is more athletic and can really space and can, like, guard, can, can defend the perimeter better than Kevin Looney can. Uh, but Bell hasn't played much in the postseason, or early on he didn't. Like, in the uh, Clippers-Rocket series... And that he didn't really play all that much. Um, but letting him start in a finals game, that was an interesting decision. I thought they should have went with Kevin Looney. Um, I trust Looney a lot now after seeing what he's done this postseason. Like, he played extremely well against the Rockets. He outplayed Capella. Um, and I felt like off the bench he was really good in game one. But I really thought that he could have provided some nice rim protection um, in game one if he started. Uh, that's one thing I didn't like from the Warriors. I also didn't like how Steve Curry used Steph Curry in the second half. Um, he didn't. He let Draymond Green be the primary ball handler, and he let Steph Curry just run off of screens, try to get him open, try to create open shots for him, um, and give him opportunity opportunities to score. Um, but it wasn't working, and I, I feel like the Warriors are at their best when Steph Curry is the primary ball handler because he's not just a great shooter. He's a, a good passer, a good facilitator, a playmaker, um, and I feel like the ball needs to be in his hands as much as possible for the Warriors to get, um, to be as, as like, to, for the Warriors to have the most success they can. Um, but yeah, Clay Thompson, I, can't, I don't remember, what was his stat line? And game one. I don't remember his stat line. I know he had a he had a really good game last night in game two. Um, I'll look at his stat line in a minute. Let's look at this. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about game one. Do I have anything else? 
Oh, I want to talk about Jonas Jerebko. He was really bad in game one. Um, he had a couple of threes. And then he had, like, some really bad shots. And he's just, like... If he's going to be a, be a valuable player in this series, he's got to, like, hit, like, two or three threes... Two threes a game, I'd say. Um, and not be throwing up air balls like he did in game one. Um, and I feel like the Warriors... Um, the Warriors without Durant, early on, like, after game one, um, if you would have told me Durant doesn't play the rest of the series, I would, I would have said that the Warriors would lose in five or six games, because the Warriors lack depth, um, like, their bench is not that good, Quinn Cook was great last night, but, um, he's inconsistent, Sean Livingston's He's, he's pretty good, but he hasn't been as good this year as he has in past years. Andrew Bogut, um, it's like you have Jonas Jerebko, um, Alfonso McKinney. You have a bunch of guys who are okay, but like they, they, they need some more scoring off the bench uh, for when Steph Curry goes out. They need a shot creator and someone who can really just give them another scoring option off the bench uh, for when Durant is out. Like, if they just had that, I think that would be, that that would help tremendously. Um, but they don't have that, and their bench is really kind of weak. Um, and they lack depth, so when Curry goes out, they're just trying to survive for the, those, like, five minutes that he's out. And it's really tough for the Warriors. But, anyway, now moving on to Game 2. Um, Game 2 last night, wow, that, did the Raptors blow it or what? They, like, he was, oh my goodness, he was, they were, they blew that game. Um, the Warriors had a ton of injuries last night. Clay Thompson got hurt. Um, Iggy got, the Iggy got hurt, uh, yeah, Iggy got hurt at one point. Kevin Looney got hurt, and he was out for the, um, for the game, out of the game at one point. Um, Curry wasn't feeling well, <clears throat> sorry, Curry wasn't feeling well, and he's dealing with some, uh, with his finger, I don't know if his finger's still bothering him, uh, I would assume so, because he's still wrapping it up, but, um, yeah, so they had a ton of injuries last night, uh, Draymond got hit in the face one time, I remember, and they were still able to come out of game two with a victory. Um, it was insane. The Raptors were up 12 at one point. And early on in the first half, Curry was, he was struggling in the first half. He, like, he was, <laughs> he was on the struggle bus, um, in the first half. Wasn't even hitting his shots. And Clay Thompson, he was on in the, fir in the first half. He was, yes, he, he, he was hitting his shots early on, hitting some threes. He was like, he got to this point where, Every time he shot the ball, you knew it was hit. It was just going to be nothing but net as soon as he released it. Um, and the Raptors were up 12. They were playing very well in the first half. Then the third quarter comes. The Raptors freaking sucked in the third quarter. They were awful in the third quarter. And it, it was crazy because they were so, so bad in that third quarter. Um, they couldn't hit their shots. And it seemed like, they were mo like everyone was moving around. Like, in the third quarter, like, there was, like, like 30 seconds left in the game. And one player and one team just had it in the bag. That's how that's how it felt in the third quarter. That's how everyone was moving. That's what the energy felt like. Um, Toronto couldn't hit their shots. 
The Warriors were in a roll. They won an 18 to nothing run in the third quarter. They were awesome. They went on that that third quarter that inevitably is going that third quarter run that is inevitably going to happen when you play the Warriors. And Golden State really took advantage of the Raptors' third quarter struggles. Um, and after the third quarter, the Warriors had like full control. Um, I mean, obviously the Raptors clawed back in the fourth quarter. Uh, but I love what the Warriors did last night. I, lo- I love what their bench did. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins was fantastic in game two. He was really, really good for the Warriors. If he plays like that for the rest of the series, I think the Warriors will be just fine. Um, DeMarcus Cousins, I like the way they used to boogie um, down low in the paint as a passer in their offense. He had around six assists last night, maybe seven assists. Um, and Cousins was really just, they had guys cutting towards the basket and Cousins would pass it to them. So I really liked what they did there. Um, Steve Kerr made some nice adjustments last night. I really I really thought he did. He had a nice game plan last night. I really liked what he did with Cousins. Um, and Kerr is a good coach. There's some times where if he does things that frustrate me. But seeing him make adjustments like he did last night, um, with all the injuries and everything, make adjustments to their uh, game offensive game plan. It really that that shows that he does that he is a talented head coach. Um, Clay Thompson he had 25 last night went out um, and that was uh, before he went out with his injury. Um, he was really good last night. Draymond was phenomenal last night. Uh, he had a few turnovers that were really really stupid, and uh, like he he was trying to throw the ball. All the way down the all the way down the court a few times and it got stolen, uh, but he he had a near triple double. Um, uh, I know last I remember he had like seventeen, nine, um, and ten. I think he had ten rebounds. Uh, anyway, I'm looking at the box score right now. Let me see. Uh, Draymond Green. He had seventeen points. One block, two steals, nine assists, five, five, uh, ten rebounds, five turnovers. The turnovers were really bad, um, but like ten rebounds, nine assists. Um, he was he was good last night. He was good. Um, I like what he provided for the Warriors. I mean, he's just so good defensively, um, and he's such a good leader for this team. And he leads by example. And he he's just he's a, like the vocal leader for this team. And I loved I loved the way he played. Um, now talking about, oh wait, no, I guess I still got to talk about Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook was fantastic off the bench. He had these two threes late in the game that were huge, and I could not believe they hit him, or that he hit them. There was this one play where Quinn Cook hits a three. I forgot what happened. Um, yeah, Fred Van Vliet wrapped up, the, or he, wrapped, he like got his hands on the ball when DeMarcus Cousins had the ball. Um, it should have been a jump ball, uh, but they double teamed Cousins, um, trying to get the jump ball, and they left Queen Cook wide open. And because they didn't call a jump ball, Queen Cook had a wide open three pointer, um, and that was a huge, huge just turning point in the game. At that point in the uh, second half, um, that was one of the biggest plays in my opinion. Uh, but Queen Cook came in, hit three threes, nine points. Um, one, I mean, he those nine points were huge from Queen Cook. 
Um, they really needed that. Anthony or uh, Andrew Bogut was nice. He had six points. I think that they uh, all came off alley oops. Um, so that was funny. He, I mean, he was he was nice off the bench. Um, and it's basically like Andrew Bogut's corpse out there. Um, because I mean, he's only thirty four years old, but it feels like he's forty eight. Um, because God, I mean, just the drop off he's had from like twenty sixteen to, to now. It's been kind of crazy. Moving on to the Raptors. Kawhi Leonard, he was good last night. He had 34, um, which I was kind of surprised by. It didn't seem like he had 34. I felt like he was really bad late in the fourth quarter. He was just, like, he was trying to force everything offensively. Uh, like, and not in a good way. He wasn't hitting his teammates. He wasn't getting his teammates involved. He was forcing shots. Um, and I didn't like the way he... I, I felt like he could have done a lot more in the fourth quarter to help the Raptors uh, overcome or to really help the Raptors take advantage of the Warriors' injuries. Um, and I felt like he didn't do that. He didn't take advantage. And I was really disappointed in him. Um, he shot 8 for 20 from the field, 16 for 16 from the free throw line. He got a lot of foul calls last night. Um, it was crazy. Uh, 16 free throws. That That's insane. Um, he also had 14 rebounds, 3 assists. He wasn't terrible last night. Um, but, he just, in the fourth quarter, I felt like he didn't come through when I, when I needed him to. Um, Pascal Siakam, 5 of 18, 0 from the field, 0, 0 for 3 from the three-point line, 12 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. He didn't have a good game offensively. Um, he struggled. Um, couldn't hit his shots. He obviously didn't have a game like he did in game one. Mark Gasol, um, Mark Gasol and Ibaka were not great last night. They both got outplayed by the Marcus Cousins, um, and that was huge for the Warriors. Cousins being able to outplay Gasol and Ibaka combined was huge for the Warriors, um, in this game, and that's really, that really helped them get the W, uh, Cousins' production in game two. Uh, Fred VanVleet played 38 minutes. God, that's crazy. He he had 17 points. He's been so good in this series off the bench. Um, uh, two of eight from the three-point line. Didn't his field goal his his shooting percentage percentages weren't great. Um, but he had some big threes last night. Um, he played phenomenal defense on Steph Curry. I mean, he's just been so good guarding Curry, and I like what he's what he's done. In the first two games. Um, but going on from game two. I expect Durant to come back. At some point. Um, especially if the Warriors go down 2-1. That'll put them in a really tough situation. Um, but if he doesn't play. I still I have the Warriors winning this series. I still do. Um, after, before game one, I had the Warriors winning in six. After game one, I still had the Warriors winning in six because I didn't think the, I, I didn't think the Raptors, um, obviously they weren't going to shoot 50% again. I didn't, I, or I don't, I assume they aren't. Um, and I think the Warriors will, um, be fine without Durant if Cousins provides some nice production, um, and Quinn Cook's playing well and. And if Looney provides some nice production off the bench, I think the Warriors will be fine without Durant. Um, well, these, these injuries are going to make it tough for them. Um, I have the Warriors winning. And I think now, 
it'll be a seven game series. And uh God, it's it's gonna be so tough for the Warriors to win with all these injuries. Um, if Durant comes back, that'll really help them. If Durant comes back and got them winning in six, if he doesn't I have them winning in seven. The Raptors needed to win that game last night. They blew it. They didn't take advantage of the Warriors' injuries. Um, and it really hurt them, and it might end up costing them the series because they had a chance to go up 2 nothing on the Golden State Warriors, the defending champs, and they didn't. Um, so I felt like they blew it. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens going forth. Here's something that I love. I really, really, really like this. And it's... Um, it is tw these tier lists. I see them on YouTube. I see them on Twitter. I see them all the time. Um, and I love them. I think they're really interesting. And I want to do a 2019 NFL quarterbacks tier list maker. Um, I'm going to be doing this list based off of um, the, the previous season for the 2019 season. That's how I'm going to... You know, I'm not going to do it like that. I'm going to do this based off of who, pro, like based off the previous two years. I think that's a good idea. Based off the previous two years, obviously uh, rookies, um, they only have one year of uh, play, so I only have one year of production from them. Um, but I'm going to be do doing this based off production for the last two years. Um, elite quarterbacks. This will be, it'll, it'll be really tough. You're, you're not going to agree with me, I don't think. Um, but this is, it's, it's really hard to explain how I'm going to do this. Really, I'm just basing it off of what I've seen from these guys for the last two years. Um, starting off, Aaron Rodgers. First, give me on this list. Um, I'm going to have him in almost elite. Because I think... He is a really good quarterback. He's really talented, but for the past two years, he just hasn't been that good. Um, obviously, he's dealt with injuries. He's dealt with a bad offense, um, so it's not his fault. Everything's not his fault, but they've missed the playoffs for the last two years, um, and he, he struggled at times last season. I still think he's a really good quarterback, so I'm putting him in almost elite. I just think that he's not at that elite level right now. Uh, now, Andrew Luck. Mm. Um, this is really tough for me. Um, I think he's got elite, elite level talent. Um, he was he was so good last, the, last season. Wasn't phenomenal in the playoffs. Um, and he's been, he, he was he riddled with that, so, that shoulder injury. Uh, prior to last season, mm, I'm gonna put him at the bottom half of the elite, at the back end of the elite tier. I may change that. I may change that. Now, uh, Tom Brady, he's elite, in my opinion. He really, he's not that talented anymore. Or I don't want to say that. He's still talented. Um, but he is kind of breaking down a little bit with age. I mean, he's like over 40 years old. Um, so he's kind of decline. He's on the decline a little bit. Um, wasn't great in the regular season, but he was so freaking good in the playoffs. Like, he was spectacular in the playoffs. He was great against the Chargers, good against the Chiefs. Um, and he's just super clutch. 
and his ability to turn it up in the play when the playoffs come um, on the brightest days. He's still a really good quarterback, and he's probably the quarterback I have the most faith in. Um, when it when it, when everything's on the line, I'm going to Tom Brady. So I still have him in the elite tier because of his ability to uh, rise to the occasion in the playoffs. Next we got Drew Brees. He's elite. Um, he's a very talented quarterback. He was in run in the running for the MVP. Um, so I like him. Um, he's really good. I know the playoffs last year. He wasn't terrific against the Rams. They had some issues scoring in the red zone. Uh, but I do like Drew Brees, and I think he's still playing at an elite level. Um, so I have him in this elite tier. Next, we have Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson, I have in the elite tier. Um, he's so good at at succeeding. Um, when he doesn't have much around him, like when he doesn't have a good offensive line or a good ring game, um, he's still really good. And I like him, and he's able to have success there. Um, and I just think he's so reliable, and that you can build a team around him, and that he can carry you to the playoffs, even when he doesn't have much around him. Um, when he doesn't have that good of talent, like his teammates are just like not up to that level, I still think that he is really good. Um, moving on, we have Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, I have him the, in the elite tier. He, he only has one year um, as a full-time starter, but he was he was the MVP. He threw for 50 touchdowns. He's so good. Um, he was really good in the playoffs against the Patriots. Early on in that game, he wasn't great, uh, but in the second half, he was spectacular. Um, I really, I think I can really trust him in the playoffs when everything's on the line. I like him, um, and he is just, he is the next big thing at the quarterback position. Next, we have Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, I'm going to have Matt Ryan, um, I'm going to have him at the back end of the elite tier. Um, I, he's really good. Last season, he was spectacular. Even the, his team was riddled with injuries, so he wasn't able to make the playoffs. Um, the year before that, he did make the playoffs. He was able to get there. Um, they beat the Los Angeles Rams. Eventually, they, I mean, they um, obviously they eventually lost against the Philadelphia Eagles. But I mean, he's, he's great in the playoffs. Um, he was good against the Rams in that wild card game. Um, he's just a great regular season quarterback as well. Um, he played um, almost as like as good uh, or close to, if not as good as as his MVP season last year. He had around close to thirty plus touchdowns, less than ten picks. Uh, let's actually look at his stat line because I'm really interested. Um, he had a really really good stat line last season. Um, I mean, God, he was so good. Uh, he, he had over 4,000 yards, I believe. Let's look. 4,924 yards, 35 touchdowns, 7 picks. I mean, it really cannot get better than that. And then he had 42 sacks, which is second most in his career. Um, his offensive line wasn't good. His defense wasn't good. So they missed the playoffs. But he was just so spectacular last season. He's an elite quarterback, in my opinion. Um, now we have Deshaun Watson. 
I'm putting Watson in good. Um, he's a good quarterback. Um, he doesn't have a great offensive line. Um, he's obviously very talented. He wasn't great against the Colts in the playoffs. Um, but that's because his offensive line was not that good. And they had a really good defense last year. I think he's really talented. And I think he's a guy that you can uh, put faith, put like you can have faith in uh, to perform in the playoffs. I just don't think he's on that level yet. Um, I think he'll eventually get there to where you can really just say carry us in the playoffs. I don't think he's at that level yet, but he's a really talented quarterback, and I like Deshaun Watson. Uh, next, um, oh, before I go, uh, before I keep going, or I go any for, or I go any further, um, there are two rookies in this list: Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins. I would not be putting them on the list because obviously they haven't played a down in the NFL. Um, so I'm not going to be putting them on this list. Next we have Ben Big Ben Roethlisberger. Um, he's good. Uh, he's not almost late or elite. He's really his performance is kind of dropping um, now that he's really coming on or entering the back end of his career. Um, so that's one reason I have Matt Good. Um, did did they did they make the playoffs last season? Let me look. Um, because for some... I think... I can't remember if they did or not. No, I don't believe they did. Uh, I'm pretty sure they didn't make the playoffs. Let's see. Did the Steelers make the playoffs? Because I'm pretty sure they didn't. Uh, yeah, I believe... Yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't make it. Colts, Houston... Yeah. They did not make it into the playoffs. Um, I didn't think they did. So they didn't make the playoffs. Um, and he's just really struggling a little bit now. Um, his turn, his picks are rising. Obviously, he's putting up good numbers. But I just feel like he's not at that almost elite level anymore. Or even the elite level. I think he's a good quarterback now. He's talented. Uh, but I think he's just... He's really just falling off a little bit. Uh, next we got Nick Foles. Hmm. This is a hard one. I'm going to put him on good. Because, um, there's some guys I have on average that I think he, there's a gap between Foles and them. Um, he's better than these guys. So I have him at good. Um, he's really, he was really good in their playoff run. And, um, even when, uh, Carson Wentz went out last season, the Eagles still performed well. Nick Foles was good. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. He's a really good quarterback. He's talented. Um, he's good in the playoffs. He's proven to be reliable um, in those situations when really everything's on the line. Obviously, he was terrific against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, so he's, he's fantastic. I have him in good. He's not near elite or almost elite um, because I still think... I don't know if he can be a... I don't... like. It's hard to explain. Um, even though he, perf he performed at that level, he still wins his backup, or he was still wins his backup at the time. Um, and I don't know. I don't think he's at that level to where I can just ask him to carry a team. I think he can perform well in the playoffs, but I don't think he can be. He can't. I don't think he can be that guy in a playoff game to where he's just dominating a team, um, or really just carrying a team by himself. 
And I feel like a lot of these guys in the almost elite and elite tier can really carry teams, and they can be uh, the man for an offense. I just don't see Nick Foles in that kind of role. Um, obviously, he can. He's a very good quarterback, and he's performed very well in the playoffs. Um, but I don't see him just leading an offense and being that guy like Mahomes, Wilson, Breeze, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, uh, Angel Luck, or even um, Aaron Rodgers. So I have him in the good category. Next, we have. Baker Mayfield, I have him in almost elite. After seeing him in his rookie year, I have full confidence in him. Um, I really like Baker Mayfield. He's an almost elite QB, in my opinion. He was fantastic. I mean, he got a lot of weapons this season. Um, obviously, they just got Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and now, and then they got Kareem Hunt. I mean, obviously, they're going to play for the first eight games, but he's really good. And then they have Nick Chubb, um, Jarvis Landry. David Njoku, I mean, they have a lot of um, a lot of weapons on that offense, and he was great last year, so I fully expect the Cleveland Browns to be terrific offensively. I love Baker Mayfield. He's going to be a great quarterback for years to come. Uh, now we got now we got Lamar Jackson. Um, I have him in the average tier. Obviously, he's just not there yet, and I don't know if he ever will be. Um, I, don't, I think he can get to the good tier. I don't see him ever reaching the almost elite tier. Um, he's a solid quarterback in the Ravens system, but you can't go deep into the playoffs with Lamar Jackson because he cannot throw a football. If your quarterback is not a good passer, you're not making it deep into the playoffs. Um, that happened with the Ravens, and it happened with the Bears. So I got Lamar Jackson in the average category or the average tier. I like him. I think he's a solid, a good quarterback for the Ravens system. Uh, but he's not a good passer, and I can't rely on him in the playoffs. Next, we have uh, Carson Wentz. Um, wow. Wentz. Uh, injury prone. Um, he's got almost elite talent, but he's been injury prone. Um, and Nick, Fol that Nick, Nick Foles being able to get, step into the starting lineup and carry the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Really hurts Wentz, in my opinion. I have Wentz on the good tier. I, uh, I think he's got the talent to be an almost elite, uh, but not just with his injury issues um, and the folds, just being able to step into that role, step into the starting quarterback spot, and being just as, if not more successful than Wentz, really hurts Wentz, in my opinion. So I have Wentz in the good category. Uh, now we got... Andy Dalton, he's average. I mean, he's just really not that good. Um, he's not in the good tier. Um, I don't think he's in the below average tier. I have him in the average tier. Now we got Philip Rivers. Almost elite. I have him in almost elite. Um, a really good quarterback. He's just not quite variant in the elite category, but I think he is a really, really good quarterback. Um, he's reliable in the playoffs. I think he's good. I like him. Obviously, the... the uh, the Georgia struggled last season, um, or in the playoffs last season. They had a really rough outing. But I really like Rivers. You know, uh, I I'm gonna have Rivers in the almost elite tier. I really think he's over underrated. Um, just the, his lack of playoff success really hurts him, in my opinion. Um, he's gonna be my last almost elite. QB because I think he's on 
he's on the bubble of being almost elite or good. Um, so I'll have, I might have to come back to that. Next good QB. Let's look. Um, Cam Newton. Uh, Cam Newton is in the good tier. Uh, I like. I think Cam Newton is a solid quarterback. He's not almost elite or elite right now. Um, I mean, the Panthers haven't made the playoffs since when? I don't really remember. He hasn't made the playoffs in the last two seasons. Um, although the Panthers, I mean, really, um, they're just now starting to get some nice offense, uh, nice weapons and offense for Cam with Curtis Samuel, B.J. Moore, uh, Christian McCaffrey. So I think they're on the rise. Uh, but Cam Newton's just, he doesn't have the talent that these quarterbacks do in almost the league. He's not a good passer. He struggles with his accuracy. Um, can I trust him in a playoff game? I know I know he was great in 2015, but it's 2019. Can I trust him now? I just don't know because I haven't seen him in the playoffs um, as of recently. So I have him in the good category. Now we have <clears throat> um, Mitchell Trubisky. I have him in. Mm-mm-mm. I have him in average. I'm going to put him in average. I'm going to put him in the top of the average tier. Uh, he's not a good quarterback. Uh, plain and simple, he's not that talented. He's a good runner. Um, and there's a reason why the Bears didn't make it past the Philadelphia Eagles this season. And it, one of the main reasons is Trubisky's inability to make the throws that are that are expected of a quarterback um, of a playoff team. He's just, he's not a good quarterback, plain and simple. Like, I've already said that. Um, I don't trust him in the playoffs. Um, he's got to work on his throwing. He's not a great passer. And I just can't trust him. Um, he and Lamar Jackson have the same issues, in my opinion. They're great. Uh, I think they're both good mobile QBs, but they got to work on their throwing. Um, and I just don't like them in the playoffs. I can't trust them. Now, um, let's look. Who's next on our list? We have, ooh, we have, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Goff for the Rams, their quarterback. He's almost elite. Uh, the playoffs last year... Um, he was solid. Against the Patriots, he sucked. I, I don't trust him like I trust these elite quarterbacks. Um, I think he's a very, very talented quarterback, and I like him better than Deshaun Watson, Big Ben, Nick Foles, Cam Newton. I think he's a, a lot better than those guys. He's just not on that elite level yet. Um, I think he's r really good, and I like him. He's a great passer. He's a great quarterback. Um... He's got to get some more experience in the playoffs and show that I show that um, he is trustworthy in those big game situations. But I like him, and he's an almost elite quarterback. Now, uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, he's average. Um, uh, he had a good, uh, a, he had a, a mad year last season, a good second half to the season. I think he's going to be really good. And I think eventually he can reach that on all that almost elite tier. But for now, he's just average. Um, nothing great, but I think he's got a lot of potential. And I think he is going to be a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, next, we got Jimmy Garoppolo. He's, I'm putting him in average. He's injury prone um, last season. Or he, not injury prone, but he had that injury last season. 
towards ACL, um, and he's not great. Um, he's not a good quarterback. Um, I think he's average. I think he's a little bit worse than all the quarterbacks in the good tier. Um, I'd like to see him do a little bit more as an as a NFL starter. I just haven't seen much from him. Um, I haven't seen him in a playoff game. Um, with that injury, I mean, he's, I gotta put him in the average tier. Uh, next, I have Matthew Stafford. Last season, he was average. I still think that he is a good quarterback. Um, you know what? I'm gonna put Matthew Stafford in good. Um, I, you know, I don't know. It's really hard. There's two QBs on the average that I had on the average tier in Stafford and Derek Carr. And I think both of those guys have the talent to be on good or almost elite. Um, but they really struggled last season. Um, I'm going to put Derek Carr on average. And I think I'm going to put Matthew Stafford on the back end of the good tier. And you know, it's really hard for me. I'm going to keep them both on the average tier. Matthew Stafford and Derek Carr struggled last season phenomenally. Like they were really bad last season because they were dealing with new systems. It's not all their fault. They're both good QBs. Uh, they both have a lot of talent. They just weren't able to succeed. Carr hasn't made the playoffs in the last two years. They're in the rebuild. Um, and he, has, he just hasn't been that good. Uh, Stafford is talented. Two years ago, let's look at his stats. I want to see his stats. For the last two years, because um, I can rel- I feel like I'm, I I like Stafford. I think he's good. He's a talented player. He's a talented quarterback. Um, but last season he was just so bad that I think I gotta put him in average for now. Um, but you know, I think there's an argument to be made to put Stafford um, in the good category because he's he's played at that level consistently. Like, last season, um, he had 11, he had 21 touchdowns, 11 picks. I mean, he wasn't great. Um, the year before, he had 29 touchdowns, 10, 29 touchdowns, 10 picks, 4,446 yards. I gotta put, I gotta put Stafford in the good category. Um, what he's done the last two years, he hasn't been in the playoffs. Um, but a lot of these guys, some of these guys on my good tier have not. Um, and I think he's got that talent. Um, he's had the back end of the good tier for me because he struggled last season. And he was really bad. I think he's got to um, do a lot more for me to put him at the top of the good tier to almost elite. Uh, but I think Matthew Stafford is a really good quarterback in the NFL. Um, and But like 44... 4,446 yards, uh, 29 touchdowns, 10 picks. That's not bad. That's a really good stat line. Um, and he's talented, so I, I'm going to put him in the, good, in the good tier. Derek Carr, like I said, he's an average quarterback in my opinion. Um, I think he can pick it up uh, with John Green as his, or Jay, yeah, with John Green as his, as his coach. I think he can get back to that level of being a good or almost elite quarterback. And I like Derek Carr, but for the past two years, he's just been average. Uh, Josh Rosen, he's next. He's average. Um, just he wasn't great last season as a rookie, but I think he's got a lot of potential. He can reach that good tier, uh, or possibly even almost elite. I really like Josh Rosen, and I think he's a good quarterback. But last season, he was not that good. 
Um, now, Jameis Winston, average. I don't think he's below a below average quarterback. I think he has some talent, and he showcased that. Uh, but he's just not good. He's not a good quarterback. Plain and simple. Uh, got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Or not benched, but he was suspended. Fitzpatrick played well, so they, they kept Fitzpatrick as a starter because he was playing so well. And then Winston struggled uh, early on after he came back. Um, he's an average quarterback. Kirk Cousins. Mm. This is a hard one for me. Uh, because, excuse me, I think, I do think there's an argument for Kirk Cousins to be in the good tier. I think there is a, a very good argument for that. Poss- I think there's a, that you could possibly say that he's a good quarterback. What he's done over the last two years, um, I'm going to put, in the playoffs, I don't, re- I can't rely on Kirk, though. Oh, this is tough. Uh, Kirk has really good numbers for the last, for the previous two seasons. Four, over 4,000 yards uh, in each of the last two seasons. 27 touchdowns, 13 picks, and 17 30 touchdowns, 10 picks in 2018. 40-plus 40, 40 sacks in both seasons. Oh, this is tough. Um, I'm going to put Kirk Cousins just ahead of Matthew Stafford um, on the good tier. This is so tough. Holy crap. Like, Mm, this is really tough. You know what? I think I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Stafford Stafford on average. I'm gonna put both on average. Yeah. You know what Kirk Cousins has done over the last two seasons has been pretty nice. I'm gonna put him on good. I'm gonna keep Stafford on average. Stafford is on is um at the top of the average tier. I'm gonna have Cousins at at the back end. Of the good tier. I don't like Kirk Cousins. Um, but he has produced. In the playoffs. Uh, I mean like. He's done some nice things. In uh, Washington and Minnesota. I don't love him. And I think he lacks. Uh, I just don't like him as a quarterback. In my opinion. I wouldn't trust him to leave my team. Uh, but he's got nice numbers. Um, how many playoff games has he won? I don't remember. I don't really know how many playoff games he's won with Minnesota. Um, he won he had the one uh I know he beat he beat they beat the um the Saints. They lost to the Eagles. I'm trying to think. I this is so hard because I'm trying to decide where to put Stafford and Cousins. I'm just going to leave them both on average. And I'm going to have Kirk Cousins be at the top of the average tier. Because I don't like Kirk Cousins. I just don't like him as a quarterback. Um, but I think there's an argument that can be made for him to be in the good tier. Uh, below average, here are my below average quarterbacks. Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, Josh Allen, and Marcus Mariota. Allen, um, I just haven't seen enough from him. He's a good mobile quarterback, but I don't think he's a great quarterback. 
Um, I'll have to see more of him. Eli Manning, um, he's had the tail end of his career. He's fallen off. Um, I don't think he's as bad as people think. He's still a below-average quarterback. Um, Marcus Mariota, obviously, he was he struggled last season. Um, and just hasn't been great. I think if he improves and can get back, um, and can produce like he has in the past, I think he can be a good quarterback. Um, but for now, he's below-average quarterback. And Jeff Flacco just wasn't that great last season. He's below-average, in my opinion. So here are my, here are my tiers. Elite, I got Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck. Um, those are my six elite-tier quarterbacks. Almost elite, I have Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, Phillip Rivers, and Jerry Goff. Those are my almost elite quarterbacks. Good tier. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Ben, Ro- ben Roethlisberger, Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, Cam Newton. Good. Average, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, um, Mitchell Trubisky, Lamar Jackson, uh, Andy Dalton, uh, Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, um, Josh Rosen, and Jameis Winston. Those are my average quarterbacks. Below average, Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, um, Marcus Mariota, and Josh Allen. And then, obviously, Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Murray are rookies, so I didn't put them on this list. This list would be different if I did it by talent, by talent alone. Um, I would switch it up a lot. And I may do that later, uh, but this is how I did it now. I like this list. Um, and these are this is my NFL quarterback tier list. Now, moving on. Um, I'm going to be giving all my analysis of the last four players in the top 10. That is Cam Reddish. Um, let me look. I got a good ESPN to look at their names. Because uh, this is one dude that has a really, really interesting name. Um, he's from Gweeny. I believe that's where he's from. Uh, but let's look at this. I'm looking at the ESPN NBA draft, like best remaining players. And the last four players I'm giving y'all my analysis of are Cam Reddish, Kobe White, Sekou Dumboya from Guinea, uh, or Guinea, from Guinea, um, and then Nasir Lita from North Carolina. Um, starting off with Cam Reddish. Reddish is, he is one of the most physically impressive players that I have looked at so far. Um, the first time I watched a Duke game, um, I believe it was a Duke-North Carolina game. That was the first time I've watched a full Duke game. Um, and I just remember the uh, that they were getting ready for the jump ball. And I just saw Cam Reddish. And I thought, my God, this is a huge dude. Especially for a guy that plays at the shooting guard or small forward position. He has tremendous size. He's 6'9". 205 pounds. Obviously, he could be a little bit bigger, but that's some good size. I mean, he is huge um, for a two or a three. Um, really, really big. Um, and like, like ESPN here says, he looks like an NBA All-Star at first glance. Like, he really does. Like, he is a huge dude. Um, and he has the potential with that size to be a really good 3 and D guy at the next level. Um, 
I think when you're drafting Cam Reddish, you're drafting based off potential and not solely off of what you saw this past season because his production didn't meet his talent or his skill set or, or like his skills um, this past season at Duke. He only shot around 39% on threes. No, he shot 39% on twos, which is historically bad. I mean, that's really, really bad. That was historically just awful last season. Um, I want to see, what was his three-point uh, percentage last season? Let me look. Because um, I'm not a big fan of Cam Reddish. Like, personally, I just don't love Reddish. I don't think he is a guy that you um, are going to be able to trust in a playoff game to just lead your offense. I think he's more of a glue guy, a 3D guy that can start in the NBA. Um, but I don't think he can ever reach the level of Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, being a top 10 player, or even just being a guy that can be the best, being the primary scoring option on a playoff team. I don't think he can reach that level. But um, he has nice mechanics on his jump shot. Uh, he's a good shooter, even though his percentage last season wasn't great. He only shot 33%. He's a good shooter. He That's a misleading. Like, the percentage isn't good, but it's a little misleading. He's a good shooter. Um, and he, he has enough size to where I think that he could eventually become a really good defender. He isn't a great defender now. Um, but I think with his size... His length, just his physical profile, he can get to that level. Um, and he can become a really good 3 and D guy. Um, he's not explosive. He's he's pretty athletic. He's got, like, he's more athletic than Clay Thompson. So he's not just a guy that can, he's not just a spot-up shooter. He can create his side a little bit. Um, but he's, say, like, he's more athletic than Clay Thompson. That, I think that's a good comparison. He's a little bit more athletic than Clay Thompson. Not as good of a shooter or a defender. Obviously, he's not as good as Clay Thompson. Um, but I'm just saying that he is an. He's not just a spot-up shooter. He's more athletic. He can create his own shot, um, and he can drive to the paint and score on the inside. Um, but really, the biggest red flag was he just wasn't that great last season at Duke, um, and his shooting splits were really bad last season um, and you're really drafting them based on upside and his long term potential uh, but Reddish um, if you if like for a team that likes to shoot a lot and likes to space the floor I think he's a good pick um, and based on potential he's a good pick is he a top 10 pick um, I gotta say yeah uh, this draft isn't great in my opinion, but I do think that in, in the bottom of the top 10, I think he's a top 10 pick. I really do. Um, although I'm not a huge fan of him, he's got a lot of potential. Um, and I really like his size. His frame's really nice. He's a good shooter. He's a good 3D guy. So I think there's a lot of potential with him. Um, and I think he brings a lot to the table that is desirable. So uh, that's what I have to say about Cam Reddish. Now, Kobe White. Uh, I'm a huge North Carolina basketball fan. Kobe White, um, they, ESPN has him listed as a shooting guard. He's a point guard. Um, however, 
he's a raw point guard. He's he's got a nice he's got nice size for a point guard. 6'5", 191. Um, he looks pretty big um, in game. Uh, you can tell he's got some nice size. Um, he he looks six four when you're watching um, when you're watching games. Um, he looks pretty big. He's got some nice size. He's explosive, really really quick. Um, he's good in transition, like really really good in transition. He can move up and down the floor um, with speed. Um, and he just really puts a lot of pressure on the defense in transition. Um, Kobe White, he's also a good shooter. Now, I, I don't want to say, like, a, he's a solid shooter. Um, he's got, he's got pretty deep range. He doesn't have as good of range as Darius Garland. Um, because Garland has elite level range, like Damian Willard type range. Uh, Kobe White doesn't have that type of range. Uh, but he does... Um, have some range, and he can shoot off the catch and off the dribble. He's actually a pretty good off the dribble shooter. Um, he can shoot off a step back, side steps, um, stuff like that. I like that. Um, ESPN says he's ranked in the 93rd percentile on catch and shoot jumpers. Really, really good. Um, and his mechanics are interesting. They're not complex. Um, uh, he'll he'll be able to get shots off in the NBA. That's not a concern. His shot is low. Like he has a um, not a low release point. I just like when he brings it up. He brings it up to like he's got a low like not a low release point, but a, he he doesn't bring it up above. He doesn't bring the the ball above his forehead when he shoots. It's kind of like on his face or like at his chin when he shoots. Um. But he's a solid shooter. He's one of the better shooters in this draft, I'll say. Um, as a passer, Kobe White's really good. Um, he's a better passer than Garland, in my opinion. I'll say that. Um, and over the course of the season, he really, really became a better passer. He's really creative um, <clears throat> in a half-court offense. Really creative when he breaks down a defense. And I like him. He's raw. Um, there was a, he's in, inconsistent as a decision maker. There was a lot of times where he just struggled turning the ball over. He'll try to do a behind the back dribble when he doesn't need to. Um, and there, there's some things like that where you're like, ah, like, can you, like, come on, dude. Um, just freshman mistakes. You could tell he was a freshman last season. Um, I'm not, I'm not taking Kobe White. Um, uh, like in the top five, if I need a point guard, I'm gonna take Garland or Morant ahead of him. But I do like Kobe White. I think there's some good things with him. Um, he's the main issues I have with him are decision making and his inconsistency as a shooter. He is a streaky shooter. Um, he's not as consistent as you would like. Um, but he's a good, a good point guard. He's got a lot of potential. Like he can be a really, really good point guard. Um, he's just raw and inconsistent. Those are my main issues with Kobe White. But I really do like him, um, and I think he's, I think he's a top ten pick. I think the Bulls are going to take him. I've heard they've actually promised him that they'll take him. Um, but I like him. Now, uh, number nine, uh, Sequoia Dumboya. Wow, um, 6'9", 2'10", from 
Guinea. This dude is a really impressive frame. Um, 6'9", 210, they may, they may not sound big, but when you watch his film, he's really impressive. Like, his size, I mean, he just out, he, he looks so just advanced. Um, like, physically, he just, he's a way ahead of everybody that he played against overseas. Um, he's a really good defender. There's, there were times, like, he's got excellent frame. Um, he's a good defender, a good shot blocker. Um, and a decent perimeter defender. He's versatile as well. On the defensive end, he can play, he can guard the one through four. There's times where his IQ looked really low, def like his defensive IQ. Um, and he was like leaving guys wide open. He was helping too much. I noticed that a little bit. Um, but he's a good defender. I think he's just got to work on his IQ a little bit and his awareness. And he's got to know or just learn where to be at certain times on the floor. Sekou Dumbuya, he's got a lot of potential to be, a, to be a good player. But offensively, he is not good. He's really just, he's really just a good defender. Um, offensively, he's not good. He's not a good scorer. Um... Which, when I was, when I heard about this dude, a lot of things I heard made it sound like that he was a solid scorer. Kind of like a, a poor, poor, poor man's Durant. Um, but that's not what he is at all. He's not even a great shooter. Like, his, his stroke, his shooting, um, his shooting motion is weird and inconsistent. Like, it's different sometimes when he, like, he, he can shoot differently every single time. Which is not good. You're just asking to shoot poorly and inefficiently from the field. Um, and he's got a really high working three point three point shot. He's got a career uh, best 30.3% from three. Uh, I'm guessing that's from this last season overseas. Uh, but Dubois doesn't even turn 19 until December tw uh, 23rd. So he's young. Um, uh, he's a radic shooter. And just really, like, the main issue with him is that he's not a good offensive player. Um, his shooting is inconsistent. His shot motion is just different every single time he shoots. Um, he's got to get that down. And a lot of times when he shoots, he's just throwing the ball up at the hoop with a high arc. Um, just, like, praying for it to go down. I don't like Sekoui Duboya at all. Um, he's got potential, uh, but I don't love him with that. Like, if he was, like, 6'11", uh, and he showed more potential of as a scorer, I'd like him more. I just don't love him, and I think he's a wasted draft pick. He's not a top 10 pick whatsoever. Um, just, like, no. Do not take him in the top 10. Moving on, this is the last guy I'm doing my analysis on in the top 10. Nasir Little. Small forward from North Carolina. I really, really, really like Nasir Little. Um, I don't like him more than guys like Culver, Zion Barrett. I don't like him more than them. Uh, but he's really athletic. He's got a good size. 6'6", 215. That's pretty good size. He's got a nice physical profile with that. Nice length. He's a really, really good defender. Um, a good perimeter defender. He can defend on the inside. He's also a tremendous rebounder. He showed that off in the tournament. 
he's a really good offensive rebounder. Um, he's explosive. Like he can leap off two feet and one foot. He's really, really good. Um, just really athletic. Just one thing that he needs to do um, when he ta- or from this step, for when he takes the big step from college to the NBA, he needs to improve as a shooter. Um, he's a decent shooter now, and he pre and he has improved as a shooter. Um, Throughout the season, like, there were some times where he looked like he had no confidence in his shot. And there were times where he looked where it looked like he was a really good all-around player. Um, he has potential to be a great two-way player. He's just got to improve as a shooter. He's a good mid-range shooter, but if he can improve from the three-point line um, and he can become a solid three-point shooter, like 33%, I'm fine with that. Uh, but he's got some nice tools in his arsenal as a scorer. He can pull up off the dribble from mid-range. He can go back to the basket and fade away. Um, but he's got some nice tools offensively. I would just like to see him develop his game, develop his skill set offensively. And I think he can become a one of the best players in this draft. I really do. Um, he needs to develop a handle. That's another thing I have an issue with. Um, not a great ball handler, and he's not a great passer. Um, he's just a good scorer, a good rebounder, and a good defender, and he's athletic. But if he can improve his overall offensive game, like his court vision and his ball handling, he's gonna be one of the better, one of the best players in this draft class. I really like Little, and I think he's one of the sleeper picks in this draft. But anyway, that's all I have for y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode of the On the Ball podcast. And I will see y'all next time. Peace.